Y'all, Friday, November 10th is the last day to enroll in my Healing Burnout course, coaching, and community. You can find all the details at hillaryrushford.com slash burnout. I will put that link in the description. Do not miss this opportunity. This is the last time that I am live coaching a group through. And what that means is not long one or two hour Zoom calls that you have to be able to be there live for or sitting through the long replay of. It means that we are on an app together where when you have a question, when you need support, you are right there on the same place that you are watching the video or listening to the audio or reading the transcript, whatever is easiest for you. Same place that you're going to take a look at your worksheet, uh, your cheat sheet rather, so that you don't have to take notes on the teachings if you are listening while you're out for a run while you're driving. I've got all the notes for you right there. And I'm right there in the community when you have a question. It's on your time. It's on your schedule. It's bite size. It is accessible. It is affordable. It was crafted and created specifically for people who are very little time, have very little energy, very little margin in your life. And yet you are not feeling your best. You are feeling in pain and you need help. And I do not know of any other offer out there that is easier, more affordable, more accessible to get you on the path to healing. We are live inside that group to December 15th. And if you have not yet gotten your healing burnout score, that assessment is live for a few more days. I will also put that link in the description, hillaryrushford.com slash 13 signs better understand what burnout is and if what you are experiencing might just not might not just be menopause or being a new mom or being an entrepreneur or going through a hard season it might not just be someone being naturally anxious it might be signs of burnout you there, your physical symptoms that you are feeling might be signs of burnout, ones that you are not even thinking about right now when you're spending so much time money and energy at your dermatologist at your physical therapist at your doctor's office trying to heal and figure out, and it could be that that chaos is coming from within you. We go through all, all of this on that burnout assessment. It is completely free, and someone says at the end of the recording that is live for you now that the cost of the Healing Burnout program was worth it just for that free uh, session. I stayed live for over two hours. The content inside Healing Burnout is so much shorter and accessible. It's 20 minutes or less, so do not let that uh, recording of the workshop intimidate you, but you can break it up into chunks. Just do 20, 30 minutes at a time, print out your worksheet, take notes as you go, and then just listen to the Q&A as an in-depth, very specific coaching session to help you understand the fears, the objections, the reasons you believe that this isn't going to work for you or you can't heal, you can't feel better are limiting beliefs that we are getting from a culture that keeps telling us we are not working hard enough and we need to push more. You don't. We'll talk about it more in today's conversation. I cannot wait to help you feel better and get to know you more personally this fall. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Friend, today I have a sermon for you because... My soul is weary, and I am finding the need to preach to myself over the last few weeks. I have three friends who are also going through very, very hard times right now, and I am finding the need to preach to them <laughs> because as I preach to them, I am preaching to myself, and a preach, in my definition, 
inspires you, empowers you, encourages you. And when the preacher needs to hear those words too, it is dang good because they have made sure it works. It is real because they too are clinging to it to survive. And I've been thinking about this a little bit lately as an aside because, as you know, we are moving. Um, We have, I don't even want to think about it. I think we have like six or seven weeks left here. And so I am, I am a a Christian. My husband and I are looking for new churches where we go. And I have been listening to all of these sermons. I'm, I'm, I'm watching YouTubes. I'm listening to podcasts. And I was reflecting on, does this sermon feel like it is for the pastor? Are they coming from an empathetic place where they too have struggled with this? They too need this wisdom? Or are they coming from sort of a higher pedestal, talking to the lowly who are struggling, the people out, not in front of them, like outside the walls of this church that are struggling? Um, and, you know, if you follow me on Instagram stories, you know, I have a problem with the big PNV churches. PNV is a big penis and vagina church, and that means there is a disproportionate amount of times when there is a reference to anything having to do with genitalia, which is premarital sex, abortion, gay, and transgender. And the reason that those are concerning to me, I realized, is because the times that I hear it sprinkled into a sermon, it's not because the person is reflecting on their struggle and how their struggle was making them unhappy and it was breaking their heart and all these things. It's always just like other people struggle with this and I just think other people shouldn't do this. Other people shouldn't. And I'm just not interested in those kind of conversations. I mean, when you really think about what we talk about here on the You're Welcome podcast, I only talk about things that I'm going through. <laughs> I don't I don't say here's here's something I've never struggled with, but here's my opinion on people who do struggle with it. I just don't have the audacity. I just speak about the things that I can share from my own empathy, and that's why it feels like a safe space and a conversation. So over the last few months, you know, we're we're going through a lot. We found out we were pregnant. We're moving. There's all these other things behind the scenes. My husband lost his job. Like, you know, my brother-in-law's accident. I mean, it's just 2023 has been a lot. So I've been really drawn to messages on trust and making decisions and peace and specifically when there is someone that I have heard a message on a podcast And they are struggling with anxiety. They are struggling through hard circumstances. They are in an in-between season. They are in the wait. They don't know how it's going to evolve. I'm like, I am binging that harder than people do a Real Housewives show. Like, I'm like, you are figuring out for you. And I am desperate to know what works for you. I am desperate to, I I found this podcast and it turns out you were talking about a harder thing and I got a whole year to catch up on. I am binging it because I want to know how you walked through the wait and the unknown and the uncertainty because that's why I'm there and I can tell you are struggling and therefore I believe you that you aren't giving yourself platitudes and things that won't work. So today's conversation is really a two-parter. It is how to be better to yourself and how to be a better friend. 
And in some ways, that could be two conversations. I could have broken this into two episodes. But I think when things are really, really hard, they are both needed. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean. Because when you are going through a hard time, we oftentimes become less kind to ourselves. And we also struggle with feeling safe around other people. So then we get even more isolated and we maybe can't even articulate why that is. So amidst the hard circumstances, we do things to more, more fully compound the pain. We do more things to fully compound the pain. We do more things to fully compound the pain. And you know what, let me just pause for a second because I know we have a diverse audience here and a diverse community here and I love that and I respect that. So I just want to say, if you and I disagree on the big P&V churches, like that's okay. We can disagree on some things and also still have a lot of things in common and learn a lot from one another. And that's why... There are some churches that I love that are big P&V churches, and I still listen to them because I can release that we don't agree on everything, and I can still get wisdom out of it. So I just want to pause on that for a moment to say what is important is that you hear the difference between, oh, yeah, that kind of a sermon message thing that I see on Instagram story, thing that's talking about talked about on a podcast is about other people out there and what they're doing with their life. And I may or may not have my opinions on that, and they may be may or may not be different from Hillary's, but there is a warmth when I am watching something, whether it's on Instagram, podcast, YouTube, whatever, where the person is sharing what they are struggling with, and there is a safety there, and that doesn't make me feel angry. It doesn't make me feel judgmental. It doesn't make me feel defensive. It makes me feel safe and seen and that is what is important to me. And it's relevant to today's conversation, not the big PNV church thing, but this idea of what is it that makes us feel safe when we are struggling and acknowledging that so much of what we consume and even the personal relationships we have, which we'll talk about in a minute, tr- trigger us. And when we are going through a hard, hard time, we may not be able to articulate that's what's happening here. That's why I'm feeling even more exhausted, even more isolated because I'm just not in a space that feels safe and welcoming and nurturing, which I will tell you, our community, our private community, the garden party feels like that. If you are joining us for this uh, final live round of the healing burnout course uh, inside that community, it is all beauty. It is all positivity. It is all empathy and that is so what is needed. And we're going to talk about that today in our real relationships as well. So I did an Instagram post a week ago. Um, I will link that in the description. I did it very off the cuff, not planned. I had like no makeup on, no filter. I just was teaching my final live rounds of my 13 signs of burnout assessment. And I just wasn't going to be able to... If I went through and I tried to update the assessment well, what, with what was happening in my real life right then, it was, it was just more than I could emotionally handle that day. And so I needed to not update it and keep it where it was the last time I had, had taught it and what my scores were at that point. But I also couldn't not 
be authentic about that, probably nobody even would have noticed. But for me, it would have felt less authentic to be trying to remember how I felt in January than just get to speak openly about where I was today. And so I was like, I'm just too tired. I'm I'm too tired. And this content matters too much because the irony or the coincidence, I'm not sure what it is, is that having done this wisdom in healing burnout is the way that I am still standing today. And so there has never been a time that I am more passionate about the need for this teaching. And so it is, it is a gift, not a burden to get to show up and talk about this. But I, it also means like the slides are kind of some of my story in January. And I'm also starting with the preamble of where I'm at today. And like, you guys are just going to join me in it. And, um, the response was kind of shocking for like my normal views on reels stuff or whatever. And it was so interesting how much that resonated with people. Just this idea of, I'm just going to be honest, how, how rarely or how often rather do we have somebody give a, show up on a zoom, give a presentation, show up for group coaching, show up for a one-on-one thing, get on stage to speak, show up on a podcast, whatever. And they just had to swallow stuff and separate what they were doing in what was happening in their real life because it just wasn't appropriate for the professional setting and saying actually in this case not only because I'm run my own business so I can sort of make the the rules here but it's it's gonna it's gonna serve me better and it's gonna serve you better for me to just be like things are really hard right now and I'm gonna be you know honest about that um and I think that just spoke to a lot of people, this same idea of authenticity of like, oh, okay, she's going to be more real. She's not, she's not preaching to us as someone who healed her burnout back in 2021 and now kind of can't remember what it really feels like. Like she is in it with us. And also I think for fellow entrepreneurs or, or just for anyone who's had to do that in a professional capacity, there was a sense of, oh my gosh, I've been there and I wish on that day I'd had permission to be like, Hey, I just need to be honest from the start. My kid has, we're, we're going through the X month sleep regression. I haven't slept in a week, so I am not doing my best today, but I'm going to do the best that I have right now. Okay. Like how many people have wanted to do that? And we're like, gosh, it'd be great if we could just tell the truth and say, there are times when I am on fire and there are times when, um, my life is on fire. And so I'm showing up the best I can, but it is not the best I've ever done. And I almost wish that I could like tell you that up front. So I did that Instagram post, but I felt, and we've talked a little bit about it on stories, but I felt that what I said in the, the, have said in the subsequent days in the top of that 13 signs of burnout assessment, which if you have not gotten your burnout score, that is available for a few more days. Uh, If you're listening to this live, I will put the link in the bio. If you're listening to this later, check it out, see if it's still available. But I had this aha one week ago that I need to have saved because it's so important. And that is the fact that for the last year, the previous two times that I've taught this assessment, and this was the final time I was doing it live, I have asked those who register to DM me and let me know the number one thing in your life that is causing you to feel burned out right now. And I did not realize until that Wednesday morning that it was a trick question because the circumstance that you believe is burning you out is actually not what is burning you out. It is your lack of tools and wisdom and muscle memory 
as to what it means to live a lifestyle where you heal your burnout. The lack of those tools is what is making you burned out. And the way that I know that is I am going through one of the hardest, hardest things right now. And I am not burned out. Now, what what does that mean? It means I am feeling angry. I am feeling rage. I'm feeling fear, discouragement, disappointment. I'm crying. I've got a lot of tabs open in my brain. Um, It means I'm struggling, right? But it also means I'm talking with friends. I'm getting out of the house. I'm keeping my healthy routines. I am doing what I need to get good sleep. I am accepting that not everything will get done. Just not everything is going to get done right now that needs to get done. And it's important to me that you hear me say that. It's not like, you know what? We got so much money in the bank. I don't, I mean, it'd be great to have this extra cash, but I don't really need this. No, that's not true. It's not saying, I mean, those are little fringy things, but they're not a big deal. Like there are things that need to be done, friend. We are moving in six months. I got final doctor's appointments that have to happen. We got to find a place to live. We've got, I mean, we had a legal appointments that we had to have that we kept pushing off for surrogacy. Um, Anyways, we finally just did that call this week that like they kept mailing us being like, this is important. Like we have to legally file so that when your surrogate delivers, the baby is legally yours. And should she go into labor early, then this would be problematic. So you can't keep pushing this off, right? Like things that actually matter, that everything can't just keep getting pushed off and not done. But you know what I'm realizing is that in past seasons, when I burned myself out, still everything didn't get done. It never all got done. I've never had a to-do list that was just empty. I've never gone through a, a launch or a project in my business where I'm like, oh my gosh, we did everything on the list. We did everything we wanted to do and we were super spacious about it and we added all the bells and whistles and I genuinely don't have any other idea that we could have implemented of how to market that better, how to make the experience better. Like we were were 100% perfect and it's because I worked so hard. I worked so hard and I did it. I made all the things happen. I mean, has that ever happened to you? No, it never happens. (laughs) We work so hard and we still don't get everything done. And in those seasons, I was just more, I had a shorter fuse, I was more exhausted, I was more frustrated, I was less happy, I was more alone and more disconnected because I didn't have time to talk to anyone, I was shorter at my team, I was snapping at them, I was shorter at my husband, I was snapping at him, I was just like frantic and desperate and my body hurt because I was crouched in this position all day. I basically sounded like Freddie Cappuccino on the other side of this door right now. He's frantic to get in here. And no matter how hard he works, he's not going to get through that door, friend. But he is scratching, 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 scratching. He is exhausting himself over there. Um, But Maman is recording a podcast, so he's not going to get in. So that's what the energy that I was bringing these previous times. I was so much less happy. And I was getting more done than I am right now. But it wasn't 
enough. It wasn't enough that I was like, I feel more proud of myself because I was just so miserable and exhausted. I was just, I just didn't like my life. It wasn't enough that I was like, okay, we made the money that we needed to make. We got the vital things done. We, there was still always stuff that got left on the table as there is now. This means that your circumstances are not the reason you're burned out. And this is the best news possible because you are going to continue to have hard, hard circumstances in life, whether it's right now, whether it's tomorrow, three months from now, a year from now, three years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now. When you look back at your life, you have had so many hard seasons when the rent got raised, the roommate moved out, there was a bug infestation, you went through the breakup, you got laid off, there was a recession, you went through a friend fight, you weren't speaking to someone in your family, somebody got a medical diagnosis. Like There have been so many hard seasons that you have gone through in life and they're going to keep coming. So if it's the circumstance that's burning us out, then that just means we're on a roller coaster and it is highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. And there's nothing we can do. We are just along for the freaking ride. And then when we see someone who is in a season where their circumstances are easy, we just feel so angry. Like, why is it easy for them and it's not easy for me? In truth, they're going to have their own hard seasons and you're going to be at a time when you're doing well and you're going to kind of forget like, oh yeah, I can't get used to this because another hard season is coming. By contrast, what I am realizing is that the times the circumstances have burned me out and been the most painful and I have been the least happy in my life is because I lacked the tools to be able to support nurture, encourage myself to keep myself safe, to make my life safer and therefore make the people around me safer so that I'm not creating even more chaos to myself and to others. And I am feeling this so viscerally now because I'm in one of the worst seasons and I'm somehow okay. (laughs) And I'm, I'm being good to myself and I'm being good to my people and my life. Like I said, in this, uh, Instagram, uh, reels, I'm, I'm standing, I'm getting out of bed. I I don't have an inability to get out of bed during the day. I'm not just a basket case during the day. And it's so important for me to, to have you understand that that is not because Things are, circumstances are going well right now. It is in spite of those circumstances. And the aha that I feel in knowing this, I want to shout it from the rooftops because I realized that in DM after DM after DM, you were, every one of you that messaged me the thing you were struggling with, you were the person that is going to heal your life. Because you saw this burnout score assessment and you were like, I have enough self-awareness to know I do not feel good right now. I think I'm in pain and I'm going to pause for a minute and accept the help of this free resource. Then it said, 
take an action here. Just send me a DM and articulate for yourself and for me what it is right now. And you're like, I genuinely want to heal, so I'm going to do that action. And then, friend, I looked at them and I realized none of these are the real reason because I have my own circumstance just like you guys, and I'm actually doing okay right now because I got these tools. And I didn't mean to waste your time in telling me what the thing is. I didn't realize that it was a trick question. And I don't know how I answered you differently when you wrote to me last November and last January, the last two times that I offered this, this being the final live time. And I don't know how my answers were different. And I know that I was struggling. I mean, my book had fallen apart last year. I was in grief. We were going through all this surrogacy stuff behind the scenes that I wasn't sharing. So I wasn't in a coasting chill season. But shockingly, it wasn't as bad as it is right now. And I'm doing better now than I was then because I've had another year to live with this wisdom of healing burnout. And that gave me this aha to realize it's not the thing we think it is. It's our lack of being able to care for ourselves and have these tools. And I think there is a desire for all of us. Now, this goes back to you know the classic fairy tale, right? The knight in shining armor that comes along. It, come, it goes with just so much of our, our cultural wiring, especially with women, of this idea that there will be someone else. Traditionally, it is a male person. Traditionally, it is a male person who has money, who will come along and solve this situation and be able to care for it is the archetype. And there is that desire in all of us when we are exhausted that, of course, you just want someone to come in and help, right? You are exhausted with a new baby and you just want someone to bring you a casserole. You just want someone to come in and do your laundry. Like the the number of times that you just want, you know, my in-laws are looking for an accessible house in Salt Lake City for them and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law to move in to where he can be in his power wheelchair, where they can all be in the same house. And it's like, you just want somebody to drop the perfect house from the skies. And you just want somebody else to be like, I have the answer for you. And you will just, I mean, my mother-in-law would just be like, oh, thank God, somebody finally gave us the answer. We've been searching for months. We all have that, right? We want someone else to be able to give us the answer and fix it. But in most circumstances, and those things I mentioned are are all beautiful to receive help from people, but in most circumstances, I am the one who can get the closest to being able to fix this because I know more details than anyone else. I know more of the complexity. I know more of the layers. I know more of the pros and cons. I know more of the priorities. When I'm going through a hard, hard time, there is so much in that story. When I think of myself and my other three girlfriends right now, every story, I mean, you'd you'd have to talk to us for minimum two hours in order to really, truly be like, okay, I think I have enough understanding of everything that's going on that now I could provide some help and go back. I mean, it's why the reality is when we go to therapy, it often takes multiple sessions of just filling in the backstory before we're really getting anywhere. We got to go in and be like, I got to spend $500 up front just to get through three sessions, $150 a piece, to have somebody understand enough of my background that now we can move on to them 
helping ask the right questions help give me advice. Because when things are very hard, there is a lot of complexity in them. And the beautiful part that I'm realizing about learning how to heal your burnout is it now means the number one person who can help you in any circumstance is wiser, stronger, calmer, more equipped, more resilient, and therefore you are safer. You are safer in your circumstance. You are going to be able to guide yourself through this circumstance with less chaos, less pain, more ease, more quickly, because the person at the eye of the storm has more wisdom and is more of an expert as opposed to, I got to spend hours and hours and hours filling everybody else in, trying to find some other wise person who can solve this for me. I saw a meme, a little quote on Instagram last night that said, I used to tolerate a lot because I didn't want to lose people. Now I establish boundaries because I don't want to lose myself. And I thought that is the difference with healing burnout. It's that I used to tolerate a lot because I didn't want to lose people, lose money, lose success, lose approval, acceptance, perfection. I used to tolerate being so exhausted in so much physical pain, so much brain fog, so much anxiety, so much depression, so much fatigue, so much pressure, so much white knuckling. I used to tolerate so much of that because I didn't want to lose the respect of my boss, the momentum that I have on Instagram, the value that I feel by going above and beyond at my church or my kid's school, the 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 being the peacemaker in my home, the, in my family, the you know, whatever it is. I used to tolerate a lot because I didn't want to lose fill in the blank. And now I establish boundaries. I would say now I know, I've learned how to heal my burnout because I don't want to lose myself. And what I'm experiencing right now in these last few weeks is what it means to not lose myself is that I'm not losing my joy, my peace, my happiness, my friendships. And what that looks like practically is I'm still doing the things that, are, that I know heal my burnout that are wise for me to do, even when it's five o'clock and the list is super long at work, but I'm no longer staying there until six and seven and eight. I, I went all weekend. We're in the middle of a launch right now. There's only a few days left to join us in the Healing Burnout program. And this is the last time I'm doing it live. And as you know from this, this preach today, I am so deeply passionate about the value in people's lives. But I didn't work all weekend because I couldn't lose myself to get a little more money, a little more value, a little more momentum on Instagram, a little more impact. And that is not easy. I'm not saying that from a position of privilege, that these were things that were easy for me to walk away from. I'm not a billionaire over here being like, whatevs, I don't really need that. So that's a big deal. And it's important to me that you know that. It's not easy for me to say, I established a boundary with myself this weekend that I was not going to work 
because there are so many other things happening in my life that have to be taken care of. And it was, it is such a hard decision to say, I've got it. I've got work. I've got taking care of the things in my life. And I have not losing myself in the process because I will show up less well at work. I will make less wise decisions in the personal life. I will create chaos for everyone around me and I will feel more miserable. I lose in all four categories. Every circumstance I'm juggling gets worse. I'm weaker at it. it it's done less well. My relationships are worse and, and the experience living within myself is worse. I lose all of that because I previously didn't want to lose I looked at the other things I was going to lose, the, the perfectionism, the momentum, the, the, the revenue, the, you know, all those things. And those things, again, are very real. I'm not saying that what I lost was like my ego looking fancy. When you're talking about, if you're not an entrepreneur, you may not, not realize exactly what I'm saying, but I'm talking about momentum on Instagram. Momentum on Instagram means you're making more sales. Making more sales means I have so many team expenses to cover, so many software expenses to cover. It's very expensive to run a business. So it's not just me saying like, eh, I don't really need to make a little bit more money this month. It's fine. It's saying we've, we've got to cover all our expenses and it's very expensive to run a business. And I, I, I break that down because I want you to know how not easy it is to except not doing these things. I don't want you to be saying in your head, well, easy for her to say, must be nice to not do those things. I'm saying that I have experienced doing all the things I have to do and it's still never being enough and being miserable. And now I'm just accepting up front, I'm not gonna do all the things. And I never did them before anyways, but now I'm not losing myself in the process. And in both ways, not everything got done. Did less get done here? Yeah, but somehow... I, no one's died. Somehow we're still making it work and yet I'm not losing myself. And I realized last night, I said this on Instagram stories, but I was trying to sign off work early because I had to get something done personal. And instead I didn't sign off work early. So the personal thing didn't get done. And I, well, okay. I didn't, I was going to sign off work at uh, early to because ha- I needed a few hours to get this personal thing done. Worked half of that time. When I came back upstairs after the gym, I could have sat down for an hour. But instead, two of my three friends going through a hard time had messaged me and I, I messaged them back. We used the uh, uh, voice messaging app and I messaged them back. I spent an hour, I spent a half hour talking back and forth or listening to messages from each of these friends. So I did that instead of the personal thing. And then this morning, I had work that I was supposed to do, and instead I did the personal thing. So ultimately, I'm behind on work. Work is the thing that hasn't gotten done. The personal thing, I had a deadline that I had to prioritize. And what I realized is that in the past, when I was so burned out, I would absolutely not have messaged back the friends that were struggling. But what I'm realizing is that I... I need that connection too. I need to preach to them because it's preaching to me. I, in, in coaching them, I'm self-coaching myself. 
In making them feel less alone, I'm feeling less alone. In telling them that they're doing a good job, I'm reminding myself that I'm doing a good job. Well, while they're carrying heavy things, I'm carrying heavy things. It was part of my healing is this thing that previously I would have just been nose to the grindstone, so proud of myself for blocking out all the distractions, so proud of myself for being productive, but all I did was make myself more exhausted. And that it actually was such growth and wisdom to say, I can't lose myself in this process. I saw another quote on Instagram uh, this morning that said, my two rules are, number one, never tell me what to do. Number two, please help me. And I was like this, I'm so in love with this little quote, with this little tweetable, whatever, because it sounds like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. And it's in the same way that we say, I have FOMO that I don't get invited out to go to the activities. Please invite me to something on Friday night. Also, I'm exhausted. I'm going to cancel last minute and I'm going to stay home. And we have these parts of our lives where we are speaking outside, out of both sides of our mouth. We are very confusing human beings (laughs) to live inside our brains and be like, how can we want both things at once? But this actually is not an oxymoron. But when you first look at it, it looks like they contradict each other. How can you say, never tell me what to do, but also please help me? And I guarantee you, the majority of people who saw that, saw it as the same meme of me, so so sad I don't have plans on Friday night. As soon as I get plans, cancels and like stays home under the cover to binge something. We feel like, haha, totally, I... I have that duality as well. I guarantee you that's the way most people saw this. It's actually not a duality. It actually is the recipe for what we need in a hard time. And the reason I think this is important to articulate is that last night one of my friends said to me, through tears, she said, I'm I'm so grateful that you keep reaching out. I'm so grateful that we keep talking because I feel really scared to talk to people right now. So there's just not many people that I'm talking to. And I said to her, I would love to hear why you feel scared to talk to people right now and have you articulate that in in your own words, because there may also be specific elements in that. But I'm also going to tell, I will tell you why I have realized that I am scared to talk to people in this season. And I think when you're going through a hard time, it is very helpful to articulate this. We get scared to talk to other people when things are really hard and really complex. Because if people have not been through serious-ish in their life, they don't know how damaging it is to swiftly, immediately, and confidently provide solutions instead of slowly, cautiously, and spaciously asking questions. And I had this realization, someone called me the other day and they'd heard what was happening in my life. They're like, hey, I was talking to so-and-so and oh my gosh, they just... 
they told me everything that's going on and I just couldn't believe like how long they were talking. They told me this and then this and then this. Like, so this is to say this person understood that there's a lot of complexity that I'm walking through right now. There's a lot of different things that I'm carrying and juggling. They were aware of that. (sighs) When I tell you we had not been on the phone for more than four minutes before they were like, what about, and they provided a solution. I have been so ragey ever since this call. Two nights ago, I was on the couch in tears. And I said to Jeremy, like, I just wish I hadn't picked up the phone. I just, why, why did I pick up the phone? Why did I, I just wish I hadn't picked up the phone to that person? It's almost like I need to realize in future, this person, now I may love them. They may be someone that I want in my life. It doesn't mean they are toxic. It doesn't mean they are unhealthy. It means they have not been through-ish. They are not one of us, my friends. They are not listening to your welcome podcast. They are not reading the self-help books. They are not doing the work. They have not been to therapy. They have not gone through trauma that they have acknowledged. They have not gone through deep crisis um, that they are acutely aware of. And so, and I know this. And so from henceforth, (laughs) I am going to work to separate the people in my life into these two categories. When you talk to that person and you are going through a hard time, you keep it light and bright and you just go in being like, I'm, I am not going to respond. I am not going to take the bait. I am not going to let them trigger me. If they want to provide a solution, I'm going to come up with some canned replies that I just go right to. Like, um, like, yeah, I'm not sure what we'll end up doing. Move on. Do you know what I mean? Just don't even say like, that's a good idea. That's a bad idea. Don't say thank you. Just acknowledge that you're not sure what the answer is right now. Or just say like, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I just realized I have to go and just get, just get out of it because you're so tender and what, what that person is implying is that they are so much smarter than you that in the midst of your complex situation that you have been rolling around for forever, trying to figure out what do I do about this like aging parents thing? What do I do about this cancer thing? What do I do about this infertility thing? What do I do about this singleness thing? What do I do about this job thing? What do I do about this financial thing? And they're like, um, listen, (laughs) I'm 100 times smarter than you. So, um, I realize we've only been talking for four minutes. Um, I do know the answer, so I'm just going to give it to you. That is so insulting. And also, not the person you want to take advice from because the only people that give good advice in hard, hard times and complex things are people who have also been through hard, hard times and complex things who therefore know it is factually impossible to give a quick, clear solution in four minutes. It never happened for them, so they are absolutely not going to suggest that it should happen for you. So that person is not even going to try. And by contrast, you remember a few weeks ago when a friend of mine called and we talked for six hours? I will say, friends, I have had more phone conversations in the last month. I have talked on the phone more in the last month than I probably have in the last three years combined. I have had multiple conversations that were six hours 
okay, six hours, four hours, four hours, three hours. Yeah. I don't have conversations like that, like, ever. Um, I mean, maybe, like, right after we got pregnant, it's like I was having longer conversations with my mom and we were going over baby register stuff. But, I mean, you're just talking about what hard times you both are going through. So that friend was the, and, and some of those have been in the same week. So we talked for six hours and I, this is a, a person who has gone through hard, hard things and complex things in life. And I realized the vast difference in the five minute convo versus the six hour convo is that neither of us provided any solutions to the other. We just asked questions can you tell me more what you mean by this? Why is this feeling scary right now? What's the part of that that's feeling triggering? What what are your what do you feel like your options are right now? Not, you know what I think your options are, but what do you think your options are? And then there was another friend, I sent her a half hour voice message, she sent me a half hour voice message, and halfway through she said, "Okay, She said, I'm having some ideas for you, and I don't know if that's the headspace that you're in right now, so full permission, if you don't want to move into solutions yet, to just pause this, text me back and be like, hey, I paused, I'll like catch up on that at a later time, but like, yeah, I'm just not there. Because that is someone who has gone through hard, hard things and complex situations and knows sometimes your brain is not yet ready for solutions. You're just still trying to process the trauma. You're just still trying to process the impact. You're just still trying to work through the emotions. You're trying to grieve. You're not ready to move on to acceptance yet. And you can't rush that process. And so I realized people can even give you solutions, but they have the humility to not get to the solutions until they've had a lot of space holding for other stuff and also say with humility, I realize you haven't asked for advice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to share an idea, take it or leave it. You know, like it doesn't mean that I don't ever give my friends suggestions or advice, but it's couched in so much humility that even though I have talked, I have spent eight hours. I've had two four hour conversation, phone conversations with the same girlfriend in the last three weeks. And even though that means I've spent eight hours and half me, half her, let's say, I've spent four hours plus listening to her scenario, I still know there is so much about it I don't know. So when I'm proposing solutions, it is still with so much humility. And I think that's so important to understand when you're going through a hard time as to why certain people don't feel safe. And that you having that awareness, not only does it make you a safer person now, because you show up better in those conversations, but it allows you to keep yourself safe in knowing who more and less safe people are. Like now that I've had that one conversation with the person that I was on the phone with for five minutes, I'm like on alert for, for anyone else who might fall into that category to preemptively have my off-ramps out of that conversation. But what that really means is I am learning how to keep myself more safe. And because I can keep myself more safe, because I've learned how to heal my burnout, I also am less triggered and I'm doing less things that exhaust me even more that mean I have even less cushion and bandwidth whenever I do end up in the unfortunate situation of someone sending me a a DM or a text or calling me or seeing them at a social event and they're acting like they've got solutions or they're asking triggering questions or whatever. 
I'm able to create more space around that. I'm able to handle those little hits better because I've created more cushion around myself because I'm healing my burnout. And so I want you to know that whatever it is you are walking through right now, the best thing you can do to make it easier, to get help, to feel safer, and to move through it more well is to learn how to heal your own burnout, to learn how to keep yourself safer. And I don't think that I'm a particularly, you know, weak, codependent, needy person, whatever. But I think within all of us, there is so much of that, that we do have that daydream, understandably, right? Because it's so much easier if somebody could just come in and give us a solution. If I could just hire a business coach that could tell me what the answer is. If I could just hire a life coach that could tell me what the answer is. If we could just go to a couple's counselor that could tell us what the answer is. If I could go to a parenting expert who could tell me what the answer is. And listen, I love experts. I love coaches. I, I, I am all for that all the time. And there is so much wisdom. But ultimately, the greatest, the people who are the greatest at that are also helping empower you so that in the future, they haven't just fished for you, but they've taught you how to fish. And now there is an empowerment. There's an ownership there's a leadership over your own life that I feel like I've experienced at a deeper level since I really sunk into this teaching in 2021 that I am a safer person for me to be around. I have less triggers. I have less anxiety. I am less disappointed by myself, by others. I have less regret because I can keep myself safer. And it doesn't mean making yourself an island and not receiving help because that's the second part of that meme was number one, my two rules. Number one, never tell me what to do. Number two, please help me. And we talked about this in the wintering seasons episode a few weeks ago. We do still need help. I was helping two friends last night and I needed their help as well. It's not about saying, I am, I will white knuckle it and I will save myself. I will depend on no one else because there is no village and no one else is going to, it's not an aggressive, I will save myself. It's a calming, put your hand on your heart and be like, I, like inner child, I can keep us safe. I am the number one person. It wasn't our parents. It's not our partner. It's not our best friend. It's not our children. I am the number one person who can keep us safe. And I'm going to be around other safe people because hearing their stories of vulnerability and wisdom and empathy is also going to make me feel safer. I am still going to receive help but I am receiving that help as a healthier, safer version of myself from more people who are also healthier and safer. And that is this new, beautiful space that I'm in these last few weeks, I'm experiencing on a richer level than I have before. And while I'm not grateful that this time is happening at all whatsoever, I am grateful that this is a, 
a, a lesson that I'm learning before I go into motherhood because I think it is reminding me that this is how I want to go through the experience of motherhood. I need to be able to keep myself safe. I need to not lose myself in motherhood. And yet, I also need to be surrounded by other women who are also not losing themselves. That I need first and foremost to be able to help myself and I don't have the the village that, you know, all of this language that says like, we just need other people to come in. And by the way, we talk about the complexity of that inside healing burnout, that we have to deal with the, the, the brass tacks. We got to deal with the facts. We got to deal with the fact that we are in a childcare crisis and childcare is unaffordable and we move more than ever and we don't live by our families and our parents are aging and we're having kids later. And so we've got, we've got kids and we've got aging parents, like all of those facts, right? That Yes, we there is an there is an idealism, right? That you're like if I was in a village in Africa, I would have so much less privilege and affluence in so many other ways and also I would be surrounded by all these other women that are helping one another because I'm a part of the village. So we acknowledge we do want it to be easier. We do wish there was more people around to help in those practical ways. But we also acknowledge that we cannot necessarily change those circumstances. That's so much of what we're going to work through in healing our burnout. It is technical, tactical things that we are doing for the different kinds of rest, for the chemicals in our body, for what's happening in our brain synapses, what's happening in our nervous system, all of these things. It is also acknowledging the facts and the realities in our lives, the circumstances we can't change, not gaslighting ourselves about those, validating ourselves in that. It is also about the self-ownership and the mindset of understanding that I cannot control those things, but I can control myself. And so what is the best that I can do because I really am showing up as my best self and I have such a peace and therefore a grace for myself in that because I've used all these tools. Like friend, I'm, I'm doing so well right now. And my team is saying that, my mom is saying that, my husband's saying that, my friends are saying that, and I'm saying that to myself. I know it's true. And it hasn't always been true. And that's not to shame my past self. I was doing the best I could with what I knew then. But I've learned more through healing this burnout. And now I'm doing really well. And so I don't feel self-shame. I don't feel disappointed in myself. I feel disappointed in life. But I don't feel disappointed in myself. And that difference is so palpable. And most of the time we are disappointed in ourselves because we aren't showing up as our best self. We're so exhausted. We're so tired. We're so brain fried. We're our bodies hurt. Where our immune systems are weak. Like we're not wrong. We're not wrong that we are not showing up at our best. We did not do our best at that presentation. You know what? I did those three live workshops last week. And I said to Jeremy afterwards, one of them did not go well. If you were on the Wednesday night session, I'm sorry, the Wednesday night session was the, wor- the weakest of those three performances because I had a laptop issue right before. Suddenly my laptop was running really slow. I used my desktop and my laptop. The laptop has the chat. It was running really slow. We decided to 
restart it, but then it was still running slow and we were scrambling to log in and we were trying to use Jeremy's computer. And it just, so I was super frazzled, like right before I, and I was bringing all this frustrated energy of like yet another thing that I can't control. This hasn't happened before. This isn't a like self-shaming over, oh my gosh, this happens every webinar. Why did we not do this? It's like, this has never happened before. I don't know. And then Jeremy left in a rush at the last second. He didn't fully close the door. The door was cracked ajar and I could hear every single sound he was making in the other room. And I was like, I'm going to be here for two and a half hours. I can't, I, I can't. So I was like, I'm sorry, if you guys will pause, for, well, excuse me for a moment. I need to go ask my husband to move into the other room and I'm going to close the door. So I was just frazzled at the top of the call. Now, if you were on that, I guarantee you thought that was a, a wonderful call. I only know that my First one Wednesday and my last one Thursday, my other two sessions were just like right in the pocket and I was really doing my best. And I said to Jeremy after the last one, for the reality of what is happening in my life right now, how smoothly doing three live workshops in 24 hours, which means I talked nonstop for seven and a half hours within 24 hours because there's nobody else speaking on the other side. When you guys ask a question, I'm reading the question aloud and then I'm giving you the answer out loud. Honestly, that was like the easiest that I think those have ever been. And things are more chaotic behind the scenes than ever. But I haven't, I haven't lost myself. I'm not creating the pain and, and the chaos and the exhaustion because I know how to care for myself. And I'm showing up for my friends in the midst of their hard times, even though I'm going through a hard time because I'm actually realizing that's life-giving to both of us. And it's part of not losing ourselves. And it's part of accepting help. And I am getting help from my team, from my husband, from my friends. And they are showing up with more help because I'm not biting their heads off because I'm so incredibly stressed out. I'm more gentle. And so I'm an easier person to help. And I'm less, you know, yes, the person who called me for five minutes, I still am spiraling over. But I'm like, okay, that was just a lesson learned. That is not the person that I need to help me. And now I know how to help myself is to cut those conversations off and just identify when someone starts giving me solutions, are they someone who is, who is, who is mucked through the muck or have they never really gotten their hands dirty? And if they've never really gotten their hands dirty, then keep it tight, tight and bright. Keep it light. Keep it moving. Just thank them like... You know, it's something I do on Inst on Instagram when somebody leaves a comment and like says what they're like, you know, you should blah, 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 blah. Like this, this worked for me. This helped me. And I want to be like the audacity of you to think that you actually have the solution to my life right now. But I just reply, I'm so glad that helped you. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's a neutral thing. I don't have to say that that sounds like it's going to help me. I don't have to say here's the 29 reasons why that's not going to be applicable. I don't need to say that's so offensive that you seriously think in two sentences in a DM, you can solve my complex situation. I'm just going to say something that's like light and bright. Um, I'm going to say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that that helped you and just move on. And when someone gives me a solution for my life that they have not been through, so I can't even use that canned reply and I, I'm, I'm saying this to myself because I am like, okay, this is going to happen again. You're going to talk to this person or someone like them. So as I'm, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm processing that. Okay, what am I going to say? And I think it is either, yeah, so like, um, I think it's, 
yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of lot of options on the table, maybe not any good options, and we'll see what happens. But thank you for, for checking in. Like, just neutral and change the subject or get off the phone. Friends, that's my preach for today. Um, and when I leave these kind of voice messages for my friends, I was thinking about how the difference from when I'm just talking to a real life friend versus the podcast is I don't have, we're just, it's just on a voice message. There's no editing afterwards, right? There's no pausing. I don't have a, there's no script that I'm working off of. I don't have a concluding thought. I don't have a summary to be like, so in summation, here's what I think you could do. I just kind of trail off and I'm like, so yeah, love you so much. You're doing amazing. And that's where I'll leave it for today. I love you so much. I realize that I may not know you personally, but what I mean when I say I love you so much is I see you as a fellow human who is going through a lot and that things are are really hard right now. And if not right now, then they were recently or they will be again. And I have such love and compassion for us all. We all need, we are all carrying a hard, hard thing. We should all be kinder because we never know what someone else is walking through. That's what I mean by I love you. And you are doing great. You are doing the best you can with what you know now. But what I want to tell you is that if you actually don't feel like you're doing that well right now, if you are struggling, if you are in pain, if you are burned out, if you are hopeless, if you are struggling to get out of bed, if you feel like you are power walking a million miles an hour through life, if you are dropping balls left and right or terrified that you are going to, if you are stuck and you can't see a way out, I want you to know you actually can be doing better. And I don't say that from a place of shame, but from a place of relief. Oh my gosh, I have the best news. You can be doing this better. Learn to heal your burnout. It's so affordable. It's so accessible. The format of the class, the price point of the class, all of the things. You can be feeling better. You can be doing better. You just haven't been given these tools. I get it. I didn't have these all these tools in 2020 either. But I got them in 2021 and now I'm doing so much better. So I'm really proud of you for doing the best you can with what you have now. But you are nowhere near the best you could be doing and that is not from a place of working harder. It is a from a place of working more well. Working more gently. And it is so important to me that you hear that distinction because when someone says do better, what they usually mean is try harder. You weren't being thoughtful enough. You weren't thinking through it enough. You weren't showing up well enough. This is not a try harder situation. This is saying you are trying so hard and it is leaving you miserable and exhausted. You can feel so much better. Please let me show you how to show up better and safer for yourself. It is going to feel easier. It is going to feel safer. It is going to feel better. You actually can be doing better regardless of what your circumstance is right now. And that is not to dismiss the circumstance and say that it's easy, say that it's no big deal, say we're going to fix it. Absolutely. I would never, the audacity. I can't fix your circumstance, 
but we can make the circumstance as have as little pain as possible because we're going to be as healthy as possible. And from that place, there is so much more acceptance of the reality of life, of being human, of adulting, that things fall apart and they come back together and they fall apart and they come back together. And the way that I am realizing we make peace with that is when we are the healthiest we can be when they fall apart, then the, the crash is not as far. The gut punch is not as extreme. And we, it is, we're more able to be like, yep, there's ebbs and flows in life, but I am not in a hurricane. I still don't like that life is going up and down. Wouldn't be my preference if God or the universe gave me a choice in this, um, but I don't get one. So there are going to be these ups and downs, but the waves are so much less terrifying you feel like you're drowning less you're still tired you still would love to just be like chilling on the on the on the shore and you're not but you are so much less terrified that you feel like you are drowning and you don't know how to get out when you learn these tools when you learn this method this lifestyle this approach and in this season I'm actually going re, going through the healing burnout course again because I know that I can get more out of this, but I'm not having to like flip through my notes to remember what to do. It's just muscle memory now. I just know it. It's actually so much more accessible than you realize. You are so much closer to feeling better. This is not a year-long program. This is not two-hour live Zoom calls that you have to show up for. This is 20-minute audios in your ears, while you're cooking, cleaning, walking, driving, getting ready, whatever else you're doing in your life. This is actions that feel good. There's not homework. There's reframes of realizing this other thing I'm doing isn't really giving me much value and I could swap it for this thing. And now I see all the benefits of that. And yeah, you're right. This feels better. Now that it feels better, I just want to keep doing it more. I don't even have to remind myself. I'm just drawn to it because it feels better. Like when you're dehydrated and you take a sip of water, you don't have to tell yourself, you should take another sip. Your body just keeps drinking. It's just like, yep, that gulp felt good. I'm going to take a couple more gulps. Like it is easy to care for yourself because you start to feel better. Oh, friend, I see you. You're doing the best you can and you can do better and it can feel easier. I'm with you. I'll see you there. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is the Knock 'em Out book series by Lucy Score, S C O R E. It's things we never got over, things behind from the light, things we left by the left behind. It's a three book trilogy. If you are looking for just light novel, the first one particularly I thought was very well written, and um. It was quite sexy, by the way, just full disclosure. But when you're going through hard things, just like the escapism of like, I wasn't crying. I wasn't anxious. Like I knew everything was going to be fine in the end. It wasn't like deep pulling at my heartstrings, but it was enough to keep me interested. And honestly, the romance part, like I've never really been a huge romance book person, like the real fluff, fluff novel 
is not historically been my thing, but I think the last few years in learning how to heal my burnout, I've been so much more aware. I mean, really what healing burnout does is it raises your self-awareness that you become so much more sensitive to, in a, in a beautiful way, to that doesn't make me feel great. I kind of brushed over it before. I was sort of so numb. I was so busy. I was so frantic. I was so so numb from the depression or I was so raw from the anxiety that I just wasn't even noticing as much. And now that I'm feeling better, when I start to feel a little bit not good, I notice it sooner and I can adjust more. And so a lot of books that I used to like in the past, I realize now like I, I, I don't need to be reading a thriller. This is... This is sad. This is scary. I don't need more of that energy in my life. I don't want to be, what's the book? Was it the last, no, the last five years is a musical. In five years, Rebecca Cyril, maybe the name is coming to me. Anyways, like I was 2 a.m. sitting on the side of the bathtub with the door closed so I don't wake Jeremy, sobbing over this book. I can't, I, I, don't, I don't need to sob. I'm, I'm crying over my real life. I don't need to sob. So I just need light. So I'm appreciating fluff in a way that I have not as much in just in in the last few years here and yet I I can't do bad writing now I will say second book the writing was not as great but because I was already into the characters and into the easy vibe I'm actually loving just going through I'm almost at the end of book two and I'm totally going to move on to book three and I do love that trilogy I love when when a book has a good second or third book and you can just continue to stay in that world because you already know the characters. It feels familiar. It's like moving on to the next season of a show. Like we just got back into Ted Lasso. We kind of took a break for a few years. So we're watching season three now. And I'm like, you know what? I forgot how good this show just makes me feel good. It's just, it's just easy. It's well-written enough. It's got enough depth but I'm not deeply concerned about anyone. It doesn't make me anxious. It doesn't make me want to cry. It just makes me chuckle a little and like everything is okay with the world. So if you were looking for some companions, um, if that is feeling good to your nervous system, those are a couple of recommendations. We are talking more of these over in the garden party. That's what made me think of it because someone yesterday was asking for book and TV show and just kind of um, positive, good vibe feeling things. And someone else was saying she realizes how much she went through healing burnout a year ago. And she said, I am so much more aware now of the things that bother me. Someone else on Instagram that I was following had said the same thing and said, I've, as I've been healing over the last few years, now I notice things that, that made me anxious before, but I was just used to feeling anxious. So watching a show or reading a book or listening to a podcast or reading the news, whatever that made me feel anxious, that felt normal. I'm always a little anxious. So this feels like a familiar feeling. And that as you heal that and you turn the volume down on your burnout, you're more aware now, you know what? That feels a little anxious and I don't, I'm not used to feeling anxious anymore and I don't have to feel that anxious anymore. So this is optional. Why don't I just choose a better feeling thing be that a mode of social media or people in your life or um book tv show whatever it is so um but again I would just like to emphasize these are very sexy books not like 50 shades of gray not like um in that way but it's just about like 
it's it's just very sexy, um, which I just did not see coming. And I recommended it to one of the girlfriends going through a hard time. And I just felt like I needed to let her know, like, FYI, when I read like an Emily Henry book, if you know those like kind of rom-com books, of course, there's romance, but it's not on like such a sexual level. So I just felt like I needed to give that um, little disclaimer, even though I will also be like, I'm totally liking it. Um, All right, friends, that is what I have for you this week. I cannot wait to see you inside Healing Burnout, and I will see you over on Instagram to continue our conversation in stories on the feed. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with other people. I'm so grateful that I do have help um, in the form of my friends, and it is a beautiful source of healing for me to be able to help. Um, And so thank you for each one of you that has let me know that these podcasts have been helpful, that the Healing Burnout course has been phenomenally helpful, that being in the garden party has been helpful. Um, It is important that we help one another. And I'm sure you are helping people in your own way. Maybe it is your kid, maybe it is your spouse, maybe it is your friend, maybe it is an aging parent. Um, But there is a beauty in all of us helping one another But most importantly, we have to learn how to help ourselves first. And that's the journey that we are all on together. So I will see you right back here on the next You're Welcome Wednesday. You're welcome in advance. Till next Wednesday.